This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to Inside Marketing. This week, we are going to be talking about creative intelligence. I'm joined in studio by Dave Lenny, who is head of new product at Dentsu. Welcome. Morning, Dave. Thanks for coming in on this glorious uh, sunny morning. It's, it's absolutely, absolutely fantastic outside. Yeah, it's basking horrendous. in the sunshine here in Dublin, as usual. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite grim, but uh, here we are, and it's here all week. Dave, before we kick off, I just want to chat to you for a second about your, about your background. You wrote an article today in the Irish Times, and it's about creative intelligence. Your background is a media agency, because I know you, and you've worked in Google and that kind of stuff. So just for context, how did you get into this space where you started talking about creativity and creative? So I've been working in programmatic advertising for the best part of 10 years. And I originally started out in Google. I was the third member to join their programmatic team in London. And at the time, programmatic was this very new concept data-driven advertising hadn't really been fully understood in terms of the, the amount of capabilities, the different technology components that you need to construct to deliver a campaign. And so my first job was actually talking to agencies around Europe and helping them onboard media technology that allowed them to deliver more automated, clever advertising campaigns. However, there's always been this big, huge disconnect between creative and media. Mm -hmm. And while media technologies really streamed ahead and allowed us to kind of segment audiences and do very clever targeting techniques, the creative component was lagging. And so I've been working in the creative space, really pioneering new things the past uh, 18 months Mm -hmm. and really enjoying my role. Yeah, it's and it sounds like a really interesting job because we, we'll get into this in a bit of detail, but it definitely sounds like it's kind of the future and this space between the creative agency and the media agency is quite, is quite an interesting one. But for context, just to explain what we're talking about, creative intelligence, and I may be doing a disservice, is an evolution of what may have previously been known as dynamic creative. So can you give me a simple articulation of what creative intelligence is, just for people listening who may not know exactly what we mean by it, because the terminology is always confusing for things. So give me the short one-liner definition of what creative intelligence is. So creative intelligence is about where we use technology to deconstruct the creative components of an ad, to understand what are the elements within that ad that drive media performance. So everything from the images that are selected for the ad the colors, the copy lines, brand logos, they all have value in an advertising creative. But before now, we've never actually been able to attribute what are the value of each of those components. Now we have the technology that is enabling us to do so. Right. Okay. But there's still a bit of dynamic creative and, and dynamic ad serving, or is there? You're, no, you're right. So dynamic creative is all in the past is very much about building different iterations of creative that you would serve to a user based on key signals. So if we think of an ice cream company during the summer, they might want to dynamically serve out an ad at a particular time of day if the temperature reaches, say, 20 degrees, Mm -hmm. in which case we'll have in our technology setup a trigger that will allow us to flick on a campaign automatically and start serving out ads for ice cream to users where that temperature has exceeded 20 degrees. 
However, creative intelligence is is much more than that. Right. So it's not just taking those basic signals, but it's actually about understanding the creative itself. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I get it now. I didn't get it for a while. I thought you just renamed it, but no, it is it is genuinely it is different. A real thing. Um, one of the problems that I think I. I, not me, everybody would have would have had with the automation of advertising was that it was just really, really bad creative. So it was it was kind of white frame template ads with whatever you'd been looking at, those runners and or those jeans or whatever just dropped into the frame and they just followed you around. They were just horrible. So I mean, I think at the time, maybe the, the capability and because we were trying to throw as many ads out there or trying to just keep up with the technology. It wasn't seen as, it wasn't seen as creative. It was probably should have been called dynamic product shots than dynamic creative. So, but it has moved on. Hasn't it moved on? Certainly from what I've seen, it's moved on. It's moved on quite, quite a lot. It's a proper, like you could, you know, the creativity in it now and, and the imagery in the ads. And there's, I suppose rightly so, there's a lot more effort put into what those ads look like. Has the technology changed or why were the ads so bad at the start? So I think you're, I think you're right. The technology has changed. And the capability within our techn- creative technologies and being able to connect it to media signals mm-hmm. has changed, but also the actual design element. Brands that spend so much time investing in building this connected persona really should be investing more into their creative assets. It is the single most important element of their campaign. And there is no excuse. We here in Dentsu lead with the design first approach. Everything we do goes through um, a a rigorous design process Mm -hmm. to ensure that those ads look not only aesthetically pleasing, but actually are flexible enough to contain all of the elements that they need to contain. So that could be a price point that could be, you know, a bit more elaboration in terms of what the product is. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's a carefully constructed process. But once you get the elements right, it's so much easier to scale. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot more sense now in terms of, I mean, I think it was quite a simple model where you looked at something on a, on a site and then when I went on to another part of the web, it served me that ad back on again. And now now there's a lot more work put into the creativity. And, we, and we'll touch on that in a minute in terms of the benefits. How complex can it be or how many variables can you pull in? Or is it is it still just preloaded ad imagery, like images with text and offering prices and pull those in? Or can you pull in what type of complexity can, can we have and what we serve so we're now developing creative that is automated at scale. Mm-hmm. It's constructed through very complex matrices that we would hold within our platforms, and they can contain various and vast different elements. So we can pull in, for example, images, as we talked about, different color combinations, hex codes. We're now looking to, I guess, diversify our products. So while we've kind of very much have all the different elements for a display campaign or a social campaign, we're now looking to extend our capability into into video formats, which is a whole new stream of capabilities that are required because you've got animation, you've got audio, you've got moving frames that encompass a larger story rather than just a simple display or social ad. So all of those things have to be carefully considered. And there's an awful lot of work that goes into making sure we have the right assets and 
construction to enable that that delivery of the creative. So the principle of taking component parts of, of a display ad and mix different messages, the principle of that you're saying can apply to video and it can apply to audio that you can, you as long as you have the component parts and they're separate, you can piece them together in theory. Not quite, not now, but that's where the market's going. Yeah, that's that's where we're trying to get right. to in terms of, of our creative capabilities. That sounds, yeah, that sounds super interesting. Um, Really interesting. I didn't realize it was that it, it, we were that developed. So one of the benefits of creative intelligence is obviously it's the almost infinite combination of different components of that ad, as we talked about, and obviously the um, opportunity to be able to deliver the relevant ad to the right person. But for me, the brilliant thing about how it's evolved is this ability to be able to learn on the fly in real time as to what's working. I don't I don't mean in terms of channels of performance. I mean in terms of creative, the components of the ad that are working creatively. You can now figure out some pretty smart things about what's driving campaign performance in real time. Talk to me about that. So you're right. So what's really important for any advertiser that's looking to deliver uh, an automated data-driven creative solution is, first of all, to understand what are the elements within your creative that you'd like to test. So for... Facebook across 12 different markets, we tested two different backgrounds. We tested black and we tested white, just as a very simple test. Mm -hmm. And we found that actually the black background, because through displays of format, it's served generally on white publisher pages, Mm -hmm. outperformed white creative backgrounds by over 50%. So that was something that was kind of really insightful. What we're also able to do is understand far more complex elements within a creative. If, for example, you're showcasing a price point and you're trying to work out what is the optimal price to show to a user in a creative, well, actually, our solution allows you to test different price variations, mm-hmm. different price points to actually find out what is the optimal price display in a creative that's going to maximize right. your return so, on investment. And that's quite interesting because it's a way of testing things and saying if we if the offer, because obviously the cheaper the price, the more you're going to get clicks on it. But you, but at, there's a certain point in that price elasticity where you say, well, actually, if we put the, if the price is up by 25%, the, the kind of click-through rates only decline by 10%, you go, well, that's not a bad, or the ad performs 10% less, you go, well, that's not a bad thing. Or, the, you know, the, the final sale isn't as less people clicking, but we're selling more at the end of the day. And I think that's quite smart. So I didn't realize it could be that complex. And this all happens in, you've built, is it a tool? Is it a certain technology that you own? How does it all do this? How does the machine do this? So, presumably a human being still has to sit down and interpret the data, no? There, Well, I mean, yes, part of our post-campaign brief, we will look at the, the, the key elements within a creative that have driven performance. But we would set up rules within the platform that would allow it to optimize towards the best performing elements, right. be that in terms of overall sales numbers, a lower CPA, or even a revenue target. Mm-hmm. One of the things, we chat about this all the time, like we're, we're so lucky in one way because we have Google and Facebook and all these big tech companies on our doorstep. And yeah, I'm always amazed that because they're here, there's so little beta's done out of this market or market first or genuine work done with it. And I don't know whether that's just the fact that they don't, the, the right people aren't here in Google or else that the the agencies and the clients aren't pushing for it. But is this, excite me about this, is this a European world first or is any of the work that we're doing here genuinely, and don't lie to me, pioneering and leading the industry? No, absolutely. We are the first team of our kind in our network globally. And we are now pitching for some of the largest global advertisers in tandem with other markets, such right. as the US, such as Canada, they are really interested 
to understand what we are, in fact, pioneering here in Dublin. So we've taken a very different approach to programmatic or to data-driven campaigns and the fact that we're leading creative first. Most media agencies go in and talk about data, but we've now turned it on its head. We're talking about creative that is fueled by your data. data. And ultimately, that is what drives performance. Yeah, and I think that's quite smart. So, I mean, I'm personally, I'm excited about that. I've always thought that, like, Ireland has always been a spoke market. So London's been a hub market and we've, we've always been a spoke market. But I think now, increasingly, we've got really bright people. We've got great technology. We have the people on our doorstep. And I think it's brilliant that we're starting to become a hub market. So that's a, that's a good thing. Without breaking confidentiality, can you give me some clients? Like, in my head, I think this works for certain sectors uh, or certain advertisers. But can you give me, you know, some of the clients you've been working with and, you know, without breaking confidentiality like what type of performance increases have you been seeing and does this work for any client like in theory does it work for so creativity by its very nature is really interesting what types of industries should be creative within their advertising campaigns Weiner Reinartz and Peter Saffert wrote a really lovely piece in the Harvard Business Review where they talk about creative advertising which types of industries should and shouldn't embrace it funnily companies such as those that have skincare brands or shampoo brands. If you think about it, when it comes to hair or skin appearance, people just want to see really good looking people in the actual creative. (laughs) That's what they want to look like. They don't need it to be overly creative. Whereas other industries, maybe like soft drinks, such as Coca-Cola, they're in a very competitive space where there are a lot of similar brands. So actually them investing in creative really does drive their overall business performance. And in fact, there is a a correlation that the more creative, original they are, the more they're able to synthesize their products with everyday other things, actually the better they tend to do in terms of their overall sales volumes. So being able to understand your industry and how far you push that creative dial is really important. But You also lean on our team to test this. We're able to test those variations. We can be very creative in our our formats. We can understand then how far can we push that threshold or how far do we need to push it? So a, a question here, and I, I know the type of advertisers or clients that, that in my head that I think would benefit from dynamic, but that might be wrong. Are, are you, in terms of creative intelligence, do you think this is specifically more beneficial to say brand, what we call traditionally kind of big brand building advertisers, or is it, as I think it might be more specifically kind of beneficial to performance advertisers, or does it, does it make a difference? Does it apply to both? Well, that's a really good question. It does apply to both. For really big branding advertisers, we're able to use our technology to understand what are the attributes of their brand that are Mm -hmm. resonating with an audience, Mm -hmm. but also how have they materialized those attributes in the creative, how have they manifested within the creative, and what are those components? Mm -hmm. That's one aspect. But also, the majority of our clients would be what we would call e-commerce-based clients. So they would be looking to sell products online, such as clothing, such as holidays, such Mm -hmm. as flights. And there we're able to use personalization within our creative. So understanding behaviors from a website that somebody's gone in and viewed a product, Mm -hmm. or they've gone and selected certain dates for a flight being able to take those components and render them in an ad 
personalized and relevance, but then also optimizing the images, the creative copy lines to understand, again, what is resonating with the right. user, what is going to make them buy that flight, that pair of oh, shoes yeah. that they were looking at. Yeah, it's a, that's an interesting point because I, I know those shampoo ads you're talking about and they are templated ads and I always wonder why are they always the same? But it's because that's what works. That's what people want to see. Well, the audience won't know this, but I can tell you, you've used L'Oreal today. You're looking fabulous. Yeah, I turn every day, Dave, and my skin is glowing as well, as you, as you <laughs> can testify. Another, again, I, and I talk about this a lot, is that I think agencies... Well, it's probably fair of any industry, but agencies sometimes get overly excited about pretty small things. And just because we have the capability to do something or the technology to do something, we tend to get really excited about it. And then it's all we want to talk about. So like that great line that when when all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. How big is the deployment for Dynamic? Is it just in displays, just within Google? Is it where where can we... So creative intelligence is, as more media is bought through platforms, we are going to see this space becoming more and more important. And the reason for that is because we are not just going to be able to look at simple display or social ads, which actually, by their very nature, are actually quite complex, regardless, because you're dealing with so many moving variables from an audience perspective and also from your different creative elements. But this space is going to be, is going to transform the way that we buy media because we will have to lead with a creative first approach in order to understand what is really resonating with the audience and what is driving that performance. Yeah, and that's going to be, I'm going to get to that in a second, um, the whole thing about the creative agency and where that sits because it, it's a gray area, I think, that bit in the middle. Um, but on the learnings, so the campaign learns, uh, and it obviously lives within within digital media, but if you take the principle of that, so if we have, not, and I'm not talking about the ad serving bit, I'm talking about the creative testing and, the, and looking at what creative is working. If you have loads of different creatives or even at a concept stage and you apply this technology to video ads and see what's working in time or even in display ads, could the learnings for that not then be deployed offline? So if you're making this, if you're making a display ad and you test it within this platform, albeit the results are tested in digital channels, but when you multiply that out, the same behavior should still work when you see an outdoor poster. Am I missing this or could this be used to test things for offline? Absolutely. So the technology and the campaigns that we run are delivering insights that are then being taken back and repurposed through other channels, more traditional channels such as out of home advertising. Right. And that's one of the kind of the key aspects. Right. That's, that's one of the real benefits okay, rather yeah. of using this technology. Right. So that we're able to learn across our programmatic, our data-driven advertising campaigns, bottom platforms, but then apply it to more traditional media. But in time, as that more traditional media becomes more yeah. data-driven or bought through platforms we will also be applying the same type of creative capability to them too. But actually, when you think about it, what you could do is when you think about your campaign phasing, you could say to a client, okay, well, we're going to test it. We're going to run for like five, six weeks before you before the outdoor goes live. We're just going to start the digital. We're going to get learnings from that. We're going to tell you. Then we'll come back and tell you, well, shocker, good looking people in the ads perform better, but actually this color palette worked better that type of an offer seemed to work better in full control of when your campaign goes live and you, you you know you could phase things whatever way you wanted to that would make sense to be able to get the learnings from digital and apply them and actually give because i think the way they test campaigns you know i always give out about research groups because focus groups because i think 
people, it's it's kind of an, an unnatural environment. People are paid for their opinion. So if they kind of say, oh, no, I like that. And they, and they, they criticize things in a way that they would never do if the campaign is in real life because they look at things in a way they would never do if they're seeing an ad. Like you look at a, a TV ad in link testing, it's an unnatural environment. When you see it in the context of other ads in an ad break in a TV show at home on your sofa, it's completely different. So you see ads that work well in link testing and they bomb when they go out into the real world. But I think this is really interesting because this is essentially testing what people do, not what they say. Um, I think that's quite a smart thing. Yeah, I think there could be this could be like a whole creative pre-test type of solution that you're doing and forgetting even about the dynamic display part of it. So imagine you're a tourist company trying to promote Ireland and you're really trying to understand what are the places, what are the best places to mm. showcase of Ireland that are going to attract audience or holiday makers to Ireland. So obviously maybe a little bit de- difficult in current circumstances, but you know they might naturally be drawn to uh, images that would showcase the Cliffs of Mower, very right. famous, yeah. Guinness Storehouse, the Balarney Stone. The usual big places. But yeah. actually, what if we were able to tell them, you know, images of the Hill of Tara or Kilkenny Castle or indeed Kinsale Harbour are actually much more effective. They're less well known, yeah. but actually naturally people might have an idea that that's more about what Ireland is about. And mm-hmm. so we're then able to kind of understand what is the value of a of, of an image or, a, or yeah. of a destination that we showcase within our creative. And that's where it gets really powerful. That's how we would then optimize our campaigns and drive that performance. Yeah, and that is quite smart because when you think about those well-traveled places, like there's a lot of over-tourism in those destinations. So, And if you've been there, you see an ad and you go, I've been there already, I'm not going to go there. But you can actually then layer on, well, we know this person has been to that place, so we'll show them something kind of close but not that image. The interesting point for me about this whole space is that I guess this is going to cause a tension between the creative agency and the media agency because roles are, the lines are blurring between who does what. So it's like, it's already quite confusing about content partnerships. Are they creative? Who's responsible for that creative? Is it the digital agency, the PR agency, the media agency, the creative agency? And there's kind of a bit of a I think a lot, a lot more budgets are going into the center. It's not clear who owns them. So are you finding with any of the clients you work on that there's any pushback with the creative agencies or, cause I know like we are impartial to a degree. So we work with all the creative agencies in town and we've a really good relationship with them, but is it difficult to maintain those relationships and effectively be taking money off them by, by doing this? No. So at the moment we work with loads of different creative agencies. And what I would say is to any uh, marketeer or advertisers really value and invest in your creative agencies because they're the ones with the ideas mm. and the the design and the the capability that will really set you apart from the rest. What our team does is we will take those creative ideas, those creative concepts, all of their images, copywriting, all of the assets, mm. and we will repurpose it through our technology. Okay. But what we're then able to go back to the creative agency and say is, actually, these are the creative components or or sets that actually delivered the best performance. Right. And so there's always been that disconnect. Yeah. And what tends to happen is a creative agency comes up with a lovely idea or campaign, they hand it over to the media agency, but they never get any feedback. Yeah. Or the feedback is often, there's a considerable lag time. Yeah, it's months later when they've it, got tracking results well, Exactly. Back. But this is much more real-time based mm. and our role in, in this whole process is also to share that in, insight back to the creative agency so that they so that they understand what worked and what didn't work. 
Yeah, and I think that's a really interesting model because the creative, the big idea, and a lot of creative agencies may disagree with me on this, but I think creative agencies, certainly a lot of the ones I've worked with, they're not set up for, you know, they're set up for the big idea, that big creative thought and how that looks on. And any anytime we go and we listen to creative agencies presenting, it's always the same. They start with the TV ad, here's what's going to look like on TV. Here's what it's going to look like on out of home. And sometimes they'll have like, and we're going to have four or five different online formats. But then the amount of available formats or, or things that you need as a media agency, the media agency at the, the sharp end of that, they know what's working and what formats and what, what kind of creative assets that they need. And I always think there's a still in the market a disconnect between the formats that we need and the creative agency's capability to deliver that multiplicity of formats. So I think this is a this is quite a smart solution. But I think it's only a matter of time, I think, before the creative agencies invest in this kind of creative technology, because if I was them, I'd kind of worry a little bit about that they're being disintermediated, that they become the big idea people and the media agency are the performance creative people. Well, for that, they will still then have to start looking at getting into media buying. And that's where you're going to. You need yeah. both parts to be able to have the full picture, as I said. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's an interesting point because one of the things that I think the agencies haven't been great at is really making the case for the value in what they do. And I think that the media agency's currency used to be, we buy media and we buy it cheaply because we pool resource. And actually that's not what the media agency's job is anymore because that's the price, there's price similarities and compare, like a lot of people have the same pricing. It is still an important role to get value, but that's not the media agency's job really no. I think the media is, and they haven't it's done themselves any favours exactly yeah. it's about new ideas in terms of your execution it's better insights yeah it's I- and All being able those. to see what's working in real. And I think that's it. You put it quite nicely. It's the people who are at the sharp end of those campaign performance, looking at the, the dashboards day in, day out, knowing what's working and knowing what formats are working. But also now through technology, as you said, what, what creative is driving that. Okay, that's been great. We are out of time. So I'd like to say thanks to Dave Lenny for coming in today. Thanks, Dave. And thanks to Andrea and Kira on sound. And thanks to our partners in the Irish Times Media Solutions. We are back in two weeks' time. Until then, bye-bye. This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions.